I hope you washed your, uh, dry cleaned your pants before this. I didn't. No. Did no. you? No. Okay. I didn't even wash They're them. They're just, <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> because they were clean already. Okay. That, that's fine then. Welcome to The Off Five. Are you still watching The Office? I'm Addie. Yes. Okay, I knew you were Nathan. I knew it because you're the co-host. I'm Nathan, the co-host. You're Addie, (laughs) the the (laughs) co-host. And today we're talking about the episode called The Client. It's season two, episode siete. Yes, siete. Si. And what we like to do for this podcast is talk about things we liked first. It's called the Finer Things Club. Welcome. Welcome. Well, first we like to talk about the description of oh, the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And you know what I was thinking? I could just write a little synopsis of what happened each time. Okay. But then I thought again. We like Wikipedia. Yeah. We like it. And I also like being able to comment on we like their to, words. Yeah. We like to um, critique it. Yeah. Plus, imagine if I had written it and there was some grammatical error. And then I was like, well, this doesn't make sense. And then you'll be like, yeah, it doesn't. 6.0 million. <laughs> <laughs> so in this episode, Jan Levinson Gould. No Gould. Oh, it says Jan Levinson and Michael Scott begin a relationship after landing an important client. Meanwhile, the rest of the office finds a screenplay written by Michael and they decide to read it together. That's a pretty good description. Yeah. But it's not just any screenplay. It's Threat Level Midnight. Threat Level Midnight, which, as you know, is the latest that threats can get. Yes, before it starts getting into the morning. Yeah, then it's technically an early morning threat. Yeah, so this is still nighttime. Still scary. Nighttime is the scariest time. Let's also do Great Scott Productions and Trivia. Okay. Production and Trivia. Okay. Written by Paul Lieberstein, who also acts on the show as Toby. And it was directed by Greg Daniels, this episode was. Oh, it came out November 8th, 2005. (gasps) Election day. Not Uh, that year. Yeah, probably not. There's some different things that would end up maybe in production or trivia. But one thing for the production is Jenna Fisher, plays Pam, said the rooftop scene was her favorite to shoot. Of the whole episode or the whole series? Well, it was on the commentary, so it was probably... The episode? Well, it was probably the first two seasons. Because oh, okay. they didn't record okay. the commentary at the end of the whole series. Yeah, I really like that scene. It's really cute. Because at one time on the commentary, someone was talking about how they reference Casual Friday, but then they don't ever have a Casual Friday, even though you could tell a lot of episodes happen on Friday. But they do that in yeah. the future. But I they just Casual don't know. Friday, that episode, that's so good. It's weird because... When you're listening to those commentaries, they know so much more about what it was like to be on set than you do, obviously. Yeah, which is really weird because I know almost everything there is to know about The Office. So when they start talking, I'm like, do you know what you're talking about? I know everything about film. I've seen over 500 of them. <laughs> I own like 20 on VHS. So. Wow. Wow. Did Victorville you... Film Archive over here. <laughs> so, well, what I was going to say is that but I know more about them. In some ways, and so do you, because we're in the future. Oh, yeah. So they don't actually know what's Mm going to happen in the rest of the office. That's what makes it kind of interesting to listen to the commentary. Yeah. Because it's their perspective at that time. Yeah. So they're like, oh, this has been like the best episode, you know, we've had. Or, oh, they're really becoming closer. You know, and I'm sure Greg Daniels has some idea of the arc, but not. He wasn't thinking like season six by then. Yeah, definitely not. They're, they and their commentary are like, well, what would it be like to see a whole production of Threat Level Midnight? Yeah. Oh, wait. They did say it would be good to have it as an animated film. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm or so glad show. they did it not as animated, but well, with not on the show. from the office. Yeah, just like a spinoff, I think. Or just oh. seeing it. I don't know. Um, did you know that this whole episode was based on the last scene, which is the look between Michael and Jim? Yeah, I did know that. Did you read on the Wikipedia page? Uh, I perused the Wikipedia page and may or may not have read that. But who cares? The listener doesn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) It's not just about me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it was based on that last scene and they kind of wrote the episode around that, which I think is really cool because I love that look. 
Um, I, I think it was really interesting that they were able to do that. Paul Lieberson did a really good episode. Yeah. Well, good job writing this episode. Yeah. And also that date that Oscar's describing, mm-hmm. that was an actual real date that Paul Lieberstein went on. Yeah. That was on Wikipedia too, but all this stuff on the Wikipedia is on the commentary as well. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they were saying that the being left at a game was made up, but that background check was was real. Oh, yeah. And you had a background check done recently. Yeah, I did. Well, it's not complete yet. Um, so waiting on the results from the library finds and uh, overdue Redbox DVDs. Yeah. You're hoping it comes back clean, squeaky clean. Yeah. Uh, negative yeah. is what you hope for in a background check, which is kind of counterintuitive. Did you have to pee on a stick for this? Um, a cup, yes. Oh, pee on a cup. <laughs> yeah, just on it. <laughs> it was just it was just their coffee cup. Ugh. No, no, no. I haven't gotten that far yet. We'll see. Good. Keep me posted. Okay. And I'll, I'll keep the listeners posted too. I'm trying to get a job here, people. Possibly. And last is that Steve Carell and Tim Meadows had a lot of fun improvising during their scenes, but a lot of it they didn't put in. But I'm glad they put in. I want my baby, baby back, back, baby, baby back, back, baby back. back. Oh, since we're at Chili, should we go back to Chili's to record this episode? Yeah, we should. All right. Let's squeak. go. Step, 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 step. Open the door. Can we get a table door. for two, please? Thank- and also for our microphones. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Can I get a El Presidente microphone? I'll, I'll take it awesome blossom. Extra awesome. One second. Megan, Um, I don't think there's enough sauce here. <laughs> Turn the sauce up, please. <laughs> Just a little bit more in the monitors. But Jan on the commentary said that they filmed this whole series in order. The whole Chili's part was filmed chronologically. Oh. Melora Hardin says that. And it was really great, she said, because they got to build up the tension as they went. Oh. Even though they cut a lot of it out. And you can see her getting really bored at the end when they go over and get the beers. Mm -hmm. And they must have drank a lot because... Jan started with a vodka soda or vodka tonic, and then you see her having a Presidente Margarita, and then they go over for those big beers at the bar, too, so. The Brutus? Yeah, is that what it's called? I don't know. Oh, I thought Maybe it was the Applebee's. Titan. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> the Brutus. <laughs> the Brutus. Titan A beer. Yeah, <laughs> they, uh, it, it is a long time, and based on what you just said, I wanted to mention that, does Michael drive really drunk home? Yeah, that's a good point. He doesn't seem as drunk as Jan. And you don't yeah. see him drinking as often. I still find it hard that they were there that long without him getting squeaking over the legal limit and then getting to where he can barely see the legal limit. Yeah, they were there for probably four or five hours, wouldn't you say? What time do you think they left? I was saying probably about three. I was thinking about three. Three in the afternoon? Yeah. Because Michael was saying they could go, but then Jan's like, it'll only be an hour. Yeah. But the way it's cut together, you're kind of meant to think that both plots are happening at the same time. And they are, at least for a while. But the threat level midnight office plot ends at 11 p.m. I know. Wait, how do you know it's at 11? Because they say we have to be back oh, in, in 10, 10 hours. hours. So oh. assuming they start 9 to 5, which is probably what they'd be referencing. 11? They started it at like 3. Well... Uh, they probably started it around four, and then okay. and then she said to Roy, "I'm gonna work late," and so they're probably reading the script until about seven thirty because it was dark when they went up to the roof. Right. And they probably hung out up there for a couple hours. A couple hours. I guess. Wow, but then also, so this three o'clock Applebee's thing that turns into a very late night as well. I guess everyone's just losing track of time. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're 18 minutes into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I need to be at work in 10 hours. <laughs> oh, no. I always have to have 10 hours of sleep. Yeah. Good night. It's all right. I'm I'm still enjoying time here at Chili's. Yeah. It's really nice in here. The ambiance is okay. Yeah. This is where business is done. Small businessman. How would you feel if we were at the Radisson right now? 
I feel like it was kind of pretentious and stuffy. Yeah, a little smug. Yeah, and Alpha's Loretison uh, in Albuquerque had a water slide, so I'd probably be on that. <laughs> Not talking about business. No, no, no business can be done on the water slide. House rules. <laughs> so let's do the Finer Things Club, where we talk about the things we really like in this episode. I like Michael's Levi's. I don't know what happens when he gets in those, but I know he loves himself in those jeans. Yeah, and he likes to stand on tables and in trash cans and just do (laughs) whatever he wants. (laughs) Jeans are for standing. Yeah. I need to get my jeans dry cleaned just to see what it feels like. I've never had anything dry cleaned in my life, and I don't intend to start. Okay. Well. Dry cleaning is really expensive. Yeah, it is. But... It's like in every show, people get dry cleaning done all the time if they live in New York. Yeah, and I've lived with people who've gotten their clothes dry cleaned. And there are some sweaters that I probably should be getting dry cleaned, but I don't, I'm not that fancy. Yeah, you only go around once on this world, and I just wear something, keep it fresh. Keep it Febreze, keep it looking okay, and then when it's time to wash it, I can only dry clean it, I throw it away. <laughs> Or bring it to the thrift store. Well, at this point, it's not suitable to be worn by humans. We incinerated them, sir. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, dry cleaning jeans, no. This is why he's having money problems. Well, yeah, one of the reasons. (laughs) He's living beyond his means. But yeah, I really liked that. That was funny. What did you like? One thing I wanted to take note of was some things going on in Michael's office. Because, you know, it changes a little bit over time. We get to see now pretty clearly the Seiko timepiece certificate that he has framed on his wall. Oh, my God. Because of, he owns a watch. <laughs> so that's worth framing and putting on your office wall. And I I only noticed that for the first time, um, I don't know, within a year, you know, like about a year ago. I was just watching it, you know, been watching it forever. And a lot of times it's out of focus. And I was like, what is that certificate he's got? And I looked at it. And then lately I've seen it a lot on the internet, but... I had never really noticed that before. So you got a clear view in this episode? Yeah, so it's a Seiko timepiece certificate. And I looked it up. Seiko's not a real watch company. <laughs> but he's also got his Mr. T boxer mouse. Oh, yeah. And also one in a top hat that's kind of hidden. Like he's waiting to come out for some fancy cheese. <laughs> but these look like those ones that you can turn on, right? That do the little thing with the feet. Yeah, it's like the one I always remember is like the everybody was kung fu fighting. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, well, mm-hmm. and he's got little nunchucks. Mm-hmm. Even though he's not trained technically in martial arts. Mm-hmm. He's more like created. Yeah. As a killing machine. Yeah. In a lab. Mm-hmm. It'd be like a remake of RoboCop starring that ninja mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, was only man. created to hit. I feel like uh, Dwight would really appreciate that. Yeah. You got to keep him on a short leash because you don't want him turning on you. Samuel L. Chang. Should I say Dwight or Samuel L. Chang? Dwigged. I really, I loved that part. Yeah. So combination of Samuel L. Jackson, Jackie Chang. No, what? what, Who who could the Chang be? I don't know. That's what I was trying to figure out. P.F. Chang. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Famous actor. (laughs) He wants to give a vibe for the actors based on what their name is. So Samuel Chang, you're thinking of kind of like a Asian Samuel Jackson. And Mm -hmm. then Catherine Zeta-Jones. I'm really thinking of like a Natalie Portman type. Yeah, I guess. Or like Catherine Zeta-Jones type. Uh, I'm not familiar with her. (laughs) And then Agent Michael Scarn would be Um, more like a Steve Carell type. Yeah, yeah. I could see him in a role. Yeah. Yeah. Probably for that. Yeah. Remember he was in Get Smart? (laughs) Date Night. Date Night. Sure. 40-year-old virgin. Yeah, which is now on Netflix. Streaming. I know. I just started watching it again. Dan in real life. Oh, uh, yeah. I love their stories of the first dates, too. Yeah. Worst first dates they're sharing. And Pam shares this story. It's not about Roy, is it? It is. Oh, my God. Because her... It's so embarrassing. Her date and her date's brother leave her at a game a high school hockey game high school hockey yeah who goes to see high school they don't even have mozzarella sticks at minor league hockey games let alone high school hockey games why would you go especially with a brother roy and his brother i don't know what happens but he loves the way that they look together why did he even take his brother on a date 
Yeah, that's kind of weird. You can't date your brother, Roy. Roy. God. Yeah. My worst date was a um, Tinder date that had no teeth, no front teeth. And that wasn't in his Tinder profile picture. So when I got there, I... it was like a two for one beer. So I already got two beers because you have to buy them together. And so I was stuck with him for two beers. And then he goes on to tell me that he just broke up with his girlfriend last week at the exact same bar that he suggested that we go on on our first Tinder date. And then he tells me that his ex-girlfriend is sleeping on his floor still. So oh. it was almost as bad. Wow. And actually, we're, we're still dating, so it's kind of ironic. Yeah. How long ago was this? It was about six months ago. Not that long. Just kidding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not like against toothless people. It's just like put it in the Tinder profile, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't try to trick me because yeah. I'll see it. Just tell the tooth. Just tell the tooth. <laughs> the whole tooth. Nothing but the tooth. <laughs> well, you can say other things besides the tooth. but Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> Just makes me mad. <laughs> I don't know if I had a bad first date, so we'll just skip me. <sighs> Lucky. Yeah. I mean, I probably did. I just really don't remember. So. Just blocked it out. I just don't remember a lot of things that happened <laughs> in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Only the past 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. It's like Memento, but for bad dates. <laughs> then I have to tattoo them on my arm. Oh, wait. Here's one. <laughs> says, says, um, stayed at Taco Bell till they closed. <laughs> Actually, sounds like a pretty good yeah, date. Yeah, I don't know why I wrote that. <laughs> oh, the other arm is bad dits. Stay the Taco Bell till they opened. <laughs> oh man, this awesome blossom, so good. Th- did they give extra blossom? Yeah, finally extra she awesome. brought us the sauce. They don't even make the awesome blossom anymore, right? Well, I mean, I know the secret menu, so okay, they let me have it. But no, um, normal people can't get it. What is it? it looks like an onion that's been. It looks like a Bloomin' Onion. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Okay. Can you still get a Bloomin' Onion at Outback? I don't know. I don't go to Outback. Oh. <laughs> Just chilies. Just chilies. Every day. <laughs> and Chiba Hut. <laughs> okay, so do you have any other finer things that you liked? I don't know if I liked this, but Jan's look when they finally close the deal is, it's so transparent. It's crazy. I know, because she was holding it together for so long. She's so poised in the beginning. Yeah. And, and she's just staring at him with like these like, oh my God, he bought it. Yeah. You know, I, um, I'm trying to think of the moment, but there's a part later where Michael kind of does that. But it's like to show how bad he is at whatever he's doing. You know, he just like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, it's after they come back from vacation and then Jan kind of. Like tells him that um, he she actually does like him, and when he <laughs> has the total opposite in his head. Yeah, there was a couple ironic moments, like when Jan's describing her divorce and says that um, Gould wanted kids, or no, she wanted kids, mm-hmm. which I thought was really ironic because we all know Michael wants kids. Yeah, but, but snip, stop, snip, stop. <laughs> well maybe if she were younger she'd give michael a shot at one of them but she needs to make that first one count (laughs) maybe her uh ex-husband gould wasn't open to her having a sperm donor yeah maybe that is the detail that we're missing but uh i love how michael leads the whole conversation with christian by saying you got a divorce Which is a perfect setup for his point of view because he's trying to, um, you know, get that like personal background kind of. That was his plan the whole time. Yeah. Well, I guess we should say Michael does a good job. He like actually shows his salesman techniques. Jan would have blown the sale. She totally would have. Christian was Cold like. Cold New yeah. York. No. Yeah. But Christian had awesome blossom coming out of his nose. Yeah. So, although I do feel like they kind of throw the audience for a loop too, because when you first meet him, he's just sitting there really serious. Yeah. So you're not supposed to think that the things Michael are doing are going to work, you know? Yeah. And I think that it wouldn't work on everyone. Um, and even, you know, when he, when he first says he's going to tell a joke, he's like, yeah, I like jokes. Like, he doesn't seem like he's going to be excited. 
yeah. cut to him almost having Awesome Blossom come out of his nose because yeah. of how hard he's laughing. And yeah. I'm, uh, you know, an, uh, not that funny, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. But I wonder if they could have worked together if Jan was okay or if she was on board with his technique. Um, I think they do switch roles later. Yeah, they film that's it true. Too. That's true. <laughs> well, I think you know Michael did switch it to Chili's, and that was also a good call. Yeah, I think he's right that the Radisson would have been too uptight, but he also didn't really know who he was going to be dealing with. Maybe he spoke yeah. to him on the phone, but. It really sounds like this was really swinging for the fences with a strategy that he didn't have enough information to know was going to work. I think this might just be his only strategy, and he's just like really honed in his skill. At yeah, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. when it does work, it works really well. Yeah. So. Well, uh, this this account actually a big deal. Yeah. Lackawanna County. Yeah. So I mean. He's lived in this county his whole life, you know? He's not intent on moving, although he does eventually move to Colorado like we did. Oh, my God. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Take that. Um, so do you have anything else for finer things, or do you want to move on to the documentary? Uh, let's do the documentary. We got to make sure YouTube comes down to film this. There's a lot for this one. Oh, I only have two bullet points. Oh, well, let's do yours, too. Okay. I just noticed the documentary crew in the car being really creepy when Jen and Michael are making out. So they probably just ran out there <laughs> after <laughs> and then like sat in the car and they're like, maybe they'll kiss. And then also showing up when Dwight wakes up in the morning and right. catching that moment between Dwight and Jan when she sees that Dwight sees her getting in the cab, which is also ironic because later on, Angela and Dwight will be caught. It's not that they show up at the same time that Dwight's waking up. They wake him up. Oh, right. Like he them walking in the door. Yeah, yeah, that's my big uh, revelations for this one is like how much they're impacting the story. So like yeah. they wake him up there. And then later on, what you're talking about when Jan looks up, I always took it as you're looking out the window and that's Dwight. And then she sees Dwight. Because she looks right at it. But she's actually looking at the cameraman. Because she looks right at the camera. Oh. So the cameraman is standing there too. And oh, it's kind of like kinda with the fire. Me out. It's kind of creepy. It's like with the fire when I like never realized Dwight was talking to the cameraman. I thought he was just talking. Yeah. And I like I always forget that that's like a real person that's there. But it would be easy for the cast to remember because the cameraman is a person and they're yeah. standing right there. Yeah. So it would be it would make sense that you would like look at them or talk to them. And the same, I think happens when michael is trying to defend his actions with jan and says i defend your honor jan looks right in the camera right uh, yeah that was the other one i had so they obviously asked him one time so what happened with you and jan and then he acts like they're like grilling him but they don't say another thing it's just a steady shot yeah and while he yeah goes, guys no seriously i can't I a don't, gentleman I don't do does that. not kiss and tell and, and neither like, do i <laughs> yeah and he's like all right all right and he goes and does it it's like I don't know. You like Guantanamo Bay. You wouldn't last yeah. very long. Yeah, for real. <laughs> never make it to the waterboarding. No, but he would never get waterboarded. Mm-mm. He'd be like, can we, can you tell us this? I, I couldn't. I couldn't possibly. Well, you know. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's probably not something he'd be bragging about like this. Because we're going to find out later. He doesn't have a lot of luck with the ladies. It's one of those things. You know, you get the idea that before the documentary started, everything was really static. And... You know, Michael had dated or slept with like two people, it sounded like, before the documentary. But look at how many he does in the first uh, seven seasons where he's there. It's a lot. So are you implying that the documentary crew is impacting um, Michael's love life? Well, yeah. I mean, I also think that they wanted to make the show more interesting. They're like, we can't, we can't have him not have any... What if he doesn't sleep with someone else for the rest of the show? But I think that's a better way to look at it is it's the documentary spicing things up, changing dynamics. Yeah. And I mean, in the past, we've commented on how the documentary crew has been like Nat Geo and like, you know, hasn't interfered with any of nature taking its course. But in this episode, it's there's so many crucial moments that they are a part of. Mm-hmm. I mean, not so many, but like two or three that will impact the story later on. Yeah, how could you not be Yeah. impacting the story when you're right yeah. there? Especially these like intimate moments when they move away from the Puron office stuff. 
Last things was there were two crews, obviously. I don't think there was the more Chili's than one camera crew. person at Chili's. Yeah. Like I, the camera's always moving mm-hmm. back and forth, which I really like. Mm-hmm. And last is that when Jim and Pam are sitting up on the roof, and this was kind of in the trivia too, but they were really kind far of alone away. up there. And like, yeah, yeah they're using the cameras from far away and also far away from the fireworks. I really liked that, how you could see the proximity of the fireworks to the grilled cheese picnic. That was a really good shot. Yeah. This is one of those things where it would actually maybe ruin it if the camera were really close to Jim and Pam, even though I never thought about that until I heard them talking about it. But if the camera was right there while they're having that conversation, wouldn't you be like, how are they having this intimate time when there's a guy standing right in front of them with a camera? Like, I know they've gotten kind of good at ignoring them, but wouldn't that be a little distracting? Yeah. Especially when it's forbidden love. and Yeah. Well, and I think that's why Jim always takes like this jokey approach. Like, when he says, oh, it's kind of like first date. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was like, okay, Jim, like, tone it down. And he knows the camera's right there. And so he has to kind of, like, play it off as, you know. And it, actually, I don't think... He didn't have to it. say that at I, all, though. But I don't think it, it has anything to do with the camera. He he just wanted to... I don't know why he said that. There's a lot going on with him and Pam this time. Yeah. Yeah, let, let's, talk about, let's talk about them right now. So why did he bring up that is he like trying to tell her that they have a good well i'm just thinking about it in terms of what just happened in the fight Mm -hmm. and how they were kind of on like awkward terms where you know she was kind of upset about how he the tummy incident oh yeah and so now he's bringing this up and it's like jokey but she goes along with it like, mm-hmm. she, the whole time, she's like, well, we weren't really dancing. And then he's like, well, at least I didn't leave you at a hockey game. And it's yeah. like, at that point, um, Pam should have just been like, yeah, you're right, but I'm with Roy now, so. Oh. You know, mm-hmm. instead of, like, it's just weird. I think it's over the line, but. Where's the line? Do you need to watch the video again? I think I do. <laughs> okay, so you're saying that she should have just kept up the, not gotten mad, but just kind of. Like, yeah, done it. Or just said, yeah, I mean, she just, I don't think it's on Pam. I think it was Jim who sh- shouldn't have said, like, it's a date. Like, when when it cuts away and he's like, it's not really a date if she goes home to her fiance, I just, like, I'm always like, yeah, Jim, it's not. Let it go. Right. You know, she could have been a good comeback. She'd be like, oh, we had a lot of great dates after that where we had sex. and then got engaged yeah so i'm not really on board with jim in this one even though i do think it's really cute that they have that moment it's kind of we've been talking about a lot a lot of this stuff is only cute because it works out yeah it's like when harry met sally like you're like okay well if it works out i guess that's cute if not it's a sad waste of one of your lives yeah or both of yours maybe but looking back on it now it kind of bugs me that whatever they're like the best friends in the office and then they like go and have a snack and they watch fireworks and stuff like that that doesn't have to be romantic exactly that's what i'm saying is like irritating up until that point it's like you know she found the script they had this really fun day Mm -hmm. then it was like oh we better eat something because it's getting late so like oh i made you grilled cheese cool oh let's watch them be fools and play with fireworks and then it's like oh you have some new music cool and then it's just like the next day, it's like, Jim. Yeah. Just, like, have it be, like, a fun time instead of pushing it. And I guess we don't really know how long this has been going on. hmm You know, in terms of, like, years and years and years of him being at her desk, like, you know. Well, and this is goes back to what I said quite a while ago. Whereas if Jim was talking about Roy, it would make you turn on him. It kind of, that's what does it. What do you mean? When he says... Well, at least I didn't... He's, like, trying to be, like... Oh, that's well, what I'm kind of a yeah. better boyfriend than Roy. And that's when Pam gets mad, and that's kind of when I got mad, too. Yeah. Because, you know, it is... I guess it's kind of jokey, but it's, like... It's kind of mean. Yeah. So, when people are in, like, a really long-term relationship, like Pam and Roy, I think there's people that have a hard time with fidelity because they don't get that, like, the way someone's treating you, like, when they first meet you isn't going to be how, like, they're going to treat you every day. 
Yeah. And that's kind of what he's playing on. Yeah. Like, remember when we were, like, having the best time ever? I bet you didn't have the best time ever with Roy. And it's like, well, he wasn't even there. But also, like, that's not how real life is. Yeah. And there's, like, other levels of attachment more than, like, we were hanging out. But the thing is, the thing that you were doing was fun, too. But you don't have to act like that was a date. Yeah, exactly. And, like, later on down the road... Jim and Pam get in a place in their relationship where they're not going to have the best time ever. Like, they're not going to go up and have a grilled cheese on the roof because they have kids. And, like, Jim is working in Philadelphia and not paying attention to Pam. And, like, so it's, like, Jim. So even these two people that are so perfect for each other, the thing he's saying is totally wrong. He's just... And also, it's not that it's not a date if she goes home to her fiancé. It's that it's not a date if you don't agree that it's a date. Exactly. You can't just be like, yeah. we secretly had a date just then. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. I don't know. It's so weird. That whole like comment, I was just like, Jim, come on. And I know that later on, they're going to like look back on the DVD footage and be like, well, that was our first date. Yeah. But it's and, just, I it mean, gives me the willies. It's not nice. No. And like... I know, like, when they finally, like, casino night comes around, I'm going to be super excited. (laughs) But still, like, it's just not appropriate. Casino night is better because, you know, he's directful. Yeah. He's not doing this sneaky putting down. He's not like, man, Roy sucks because he laughed and then being like, hey, we're kind of like on this date together at casino. Like, he's serious that time and he's doing what he needs to do. But this time is like a total indulgence for him. And I don't know what he's expecting. And here's the other thing. If he did something like that, and then Pam was like, oh, yeah, I guess we did kind of go on a date. That makes Pam worse. You're like, okay. But then when you're dating Pam, how long is it until she does that to you? Because apparently she just runs off and like, Pam needs to have respect. And Pam does have respect. You know, not everyone like needs to be together. But it would have been totally a terrible thing for Pam to have gone along with this as well and if you're like introducing a little back and forth that if the other person goes along with it they'll be a bad person then don't do it mm-hmm. especially if you like them yeah and he's putting pam in that position to mm-hmm. have to like yeah this is worse than the fight thing that they it have. is that... yeah that was like unintentionally like yeah. over the line but this is like jim and it's the next day so it's not like yeah it's it was next... like he probably thought about it yeah, he totally did. Mm. Not cool, Jim. Anyway, I still love you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> love you, big guy. <laughs> love you, big. Love you, big tuna. <laughs> and he's gonna work there for years and years and, and years. years. So don't worry, Jim. We'll have plenty of good things to say about you too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's kind of blow through these characters. They okay. don't. They don't do much. Oscar plays Golden Face. Angela plays Catherine Zeta Jones. Oscar gets an adios from Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Dwight played Muty the mailman and stays up all night. Well, he falls asleep, but he's like there to see when Michael will return. That's weird. And his uncle gave him some fireworks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're not even real fireworks. It's not even a bottle rocket. It's like a sparkler. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the ones that are, yeah. It's a driveway thing. Apparently, Pennsylvania isn't as cool as Missouri because in Missouri, there's tents everywhere that you can just buy like basically just bombs <laughs> yeah yeah they're pretty strict up here in colorado well yeah i you guess to go to wyoming sense. yeah to buy your c4 <laughs> to start a forest fire so let's talk a little bit more about michael oh michael michael actually he i, I like this episode because it seems so like multi-layered because it it happens the next day too so yeah you it, get to see like that night and then you're like oh man the episode's almost over and then it's like the next day and you're like oh everybody's reactions yeah there's like another six minutes or something Mm -hmm. i was thinking about that if this were in the era of binge washing they wouldn't have done that like they could just have it be the next episode yeah but because it's network television like the show's not doing that well then they gotta let you know that things have consequences they can't be the next episode hey remember when because then they gotta eat into part of that with like a previously on and it's not gonna be as good so that was interesting, but it seemed kind of like an older style. I really liked that because Jim and Michael are on totally different pages. Like Jim is thinking about, oh, that was our date. And 
um, Michael is like, oh, we have to fill out paperwork for HR for our consensual <laughs> sexual relationship. Do I do it as the man? Does she do it as my superior? And then he, then she calls right away. Like she probably left like, I don't know, two hours before and was thinking about it. Like, what did I do last night? She called from her cell phone. Yeah. So she's still driving. Yeah. She was in the car and she's just hung over and she's like, how many presidentes did I have last night? Did he slip something in there? Yeah. I'm going to call him right now and ask him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. She feels bad. Yeah. One of my favorite moments with Michael, I guess this could have been a finer thing, is when he tells everyone to go home and she's like, they're like, and he's like, ah, they just don't get that much work done when they're not here. And then oh, he goes yeah. back and forth. And it's so funny because he said something stupid, but there was really no right answer to get out of it. And you can tell because he tries them all out. <laughs> love that part like there's no it's point like so the same funny. amount no matter and you're like what is the right answer by the end you're like yeah, yeah but when i leave right. they'll do fine for a while <laughs> but then i have to come back and you know or, just I don't sit know. tight till i get back <laughs> and that's an order follow it blindly yeah. that's so uh-huh. funny yeah. <laughs> um his him calling pam to get his important file which is a joke book to impress clients. oh the the data i need you to go into my desk and get some data get some data yeah but he finally gets to be a salesman and um he's got some chops like we talked about yeah yeah he he really does and he gets the kiss he's the one that made the first move on that yeah he did she like gave him a big hug but was that over the line mm. you know what he gave her i don't her? think so you know what he gave her what the same kiss that pam gave jim at the dundies it was like a you can ignore this if you want it's your yeah. call and yeah. jim did jan did not i know that's what chili's does to you man that's what i'm saying it's <laughs> every, a weird place every time you go to chili's somebody's making out. <laughs> somebody's making out i mean look at all these people around us right now oh jeez, get a room <laughs> yeah yeah i guess that's not really over the line. No. I mean... No Gould. No Gould. So, yeah. that's all, that's all I got for Michael, I guess. Yeah, me too. Just the jeans. What? Back to Jim. He says, I canceled plans. <laughs> I'm Jim. not a complainer. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's okay. like the dark side of the Office Olympics. Yeah, it is. And when you brought up that thing about Jim and how he just ignored the kiss, and we were like so happy with him of how he yeah. acted in that episode... And I think, in a way, he, like, used that um, and, like, didn't react immediately. But now it's, like, coming out later that, like, well, she kissed me, so I guess, like, she does like me. And, like, yeah, of course, um, Pam might like him, but that does... I mean, she is the one that needs to, like, get out of the relationship before she, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's weird. Anyway. Yeah, that's right. I guess she did already make that move, but... You know, we don't really get honesty out of him at this point. And for like a large, Yeah. Or Pam, when it comes to like those types of things. We do get it from like Michael, mm-hmm. which is why it's really surprising when Michael lies in the confessional for a minute. Is that the first time that's happened? Because he says like nothing happened and stuff. But it seems like so far, every time someone says something in the confessional, it's been true. Yeah. You know, and maybe they're like not saying the whole thing but nobody's like said something that that wasn't really true or i mean i could be forgetting some well he said nothing happened but then immediately after he said that yes we talked for five hours and she feels i know and the way he's saying you can tell he's lying yeah but in the show it's like kind of like what they say then is true even if it wasn't what they just said in the office right yeah and i think it shows that there's a relationship building between the cameraman and the characters because Hmm. The cameraman is probably like, so what happened last night? Because, you know, like we caught, we have stuff on camera. And so he's probably like, nothing happens. <laughs> you know, you could just like kind of picture how they would interact yeah. in the question before, even though we don't really hear it. You do hope that something more would have happened between them because like they kissed for like five seconds and the chance like, let's get out of here to just yeah, go cry that's and true. stuff. I mean, that can happen, but. It's a yeah. bummer. It's a bummer to be dragged to a hotel to cry. Well, Michael doesn't seem to think it was a no, bummer. He doesn't get all. He's happy with it. Um, you know what mosquitoes love? Blood. My famous grilled cheese questions. 
<laughs> oh, oh, I was like, where is this going? I thought you were going to say something about world. Here's my arms. I cut my wrists and my blood is red, just like the rest just like of like yours. Me. So love me. <laughs> Great, Tim Meadow. That's yeah. what mosquitoes love. Blood. Yeah. Blood. But they also love grilled cheese. So what is your question? I have two. Okay. Did they let the security guard, they were going to be staying so late? Did they let him know? Yeah. Because uh, I remember in the future, they don't let him know, and it's a big, big problem. But this time, they stayed apparently until 11 p.m., and they never locked up the parking lot. Maybe that's why... Oh, well, I guess Jim and Pam would have had to have left. Maybe they don't have a security guard yet. No, we saw Hank. Oh, yeah, Hank is there. At the Halloween. I don't know, but I don't get why Dwight spent the night, and I don't get why he's not mad at Michael for making him be Samuel L. Chang. Oh, yeah, he's still... Maybe he wanted to confront him. But he, instead, he says, did you do her? <laughs> yeah, he has a problem with the authority jumping. Yeah. Okay, and the last one is the most important one, and it's also only the second one, so I shouldn't have said last one. Last and second. Would you necessarily know that Michael and Jan had hooked up based on what happened? To me, all you would have known is that Jan got drunk because all you see is her taking a cab back to her car. That doesn't mean that she was with Michael all night. It just means she took a cab to her hotel, right? Yeah, that's true. But everyone comes to the same conclusion, if not more so, within like no time at all. There's nothing to suggest that Michael, like Michael didn't show up in a cab. Like if Michael and Jan had shown up in the same cab or something like that before, like yeah. then that would have been like, oh man, they took the same cab. Like that's weird. But it's walk of shame though. Yeah, but they can tell. But it has to be both. Around. Yeah, I guess um, Dwight's like, where's Michael's car? His car isn't there, but why would his car be there? Yeah, that's why it made more sense if Michael didn't drive. Because, well, first off, he wouldn't have gotten a DUI risk. But then also, then like he would have had to have a cab or something like that. Like if, if, if like, you know, his car had still been there and he had yeah. to take a cab back to his car or something like that. It would have made more sense because otherwise, why wouldn't he just taken? I don't know. It still just sounds like they got drunk. It doesn't necessarily sound like they were together. There's... Because Jan could have just taken a cab back to the hotel. I mean, yeah, and she might not have been planning on getting a hotel because she thought it was only going to take an hour and it was 3 p.m., but it did take that long to close yeah. the deal. So it's not like that part is dishonest. It'd be like, man, we were at Chili's drinking till like 11. Oh, Jan has to go back in the morning. Yeah, I mean, that happens to me all the time. I'm usually at Chili's at 11, you know? Yeah. From 3 to 11. <laughs> There's Every day. I work here. Oh, is that why they all know your name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Jan assumes nobody knows for a long time. Even when the Jamaica photo comes out, she <laughs> doesn't know that people know, you know. So right. she's she's under that impression. I mean, she did see Dwight see her. Yeah. But I just feel like Michael should have had a more active role in people finding it out. Because Michael does spill the beans real quick. It would have been like something he said. Yeah. Like, they, they could have just been like, oh, what did you guys go out? And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, we, we took a cab after. And they're like, what do you mean? You you both took a cab? And then, like, or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Something that was, like, a little bit more. You could and in front of more people than just Dwight. Because when Dwight asks, he's like, she's a strong, soft, <laughs> sexy woman. And then it's just like, oh, okay, Michael, so. Right. I'm defending her honor. But, you know, Chan really doesn't know Scranton. At all. At all. She doesn't know Have where you the... ever been to Scranton? <laughs> I'm going to start saying, have you ever been to Fort Collins? Have you ever been? To... Yeah. That's not funny. No. Not charming. Not funny. Well, despite Jim being maybe not as good as we both thought about and in our dreams, what do you think about this episode overall? Loved it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I love this episode so much. It's a great episode. Um, uh, at the time, it? it got mostly positive reviews. TV Squad's Michael Skianamana gave the episode a largely positive review and wrote that Michael is totally taken with himself, but has still shown us his vulnerabilities. Aww. His name again noted that by showing the audience Michael's humanity, the writers were making the sitcom so compelling. However, he did point out that the second week in a row that Pam is offended by something Jim has said or done which in his mind will get tiresome quickly if it continues. Yeah, that's true. But why are they putting it on Pam? 
how a good call. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> both times it was something Jim did. Yeah, that was over the yeah. line. We both agreed. No, and and it's gonna be tiresome to him. What about her? Well, she's not real. <laughs> God, <laughs> I'm who sure is she's this, already who is this sick guy. Of it. Yeah, from TV Squad. It was a good review, though. I mean, I do like how. They show Michael's vulnerability, so I agree with that part. Miss Ali of Television Without Pity graded the episode with a B plus. Rolling Stone named the scene where the the uh, Rolling Stone named the scene where the employees read Threat Level Midnight as the tenth funniest in the office's first three seasons. So I guess yeah, we should talk about that real quick. It, you know, not to get serious again, but if if Jim kept this up, kept doing these little things, I guess like Pam's always like agreeing to him for a little bit. Uh, it wouldn't be too crazy if you did it a few more times for her to like file a sexual harassment thing yeah with, with, it's uh, true because yeah. i mean i guess it depends on what what they are but like especially the grabbing one this one it was like his comments later i don't know anyway i think miss ali underrated this episode with her b plus i do too and i think threat level midnight is probably a little bit higher than 10th in the first three seasons just because Threat Level Midnight is contains so many good inside jokes between the characters. Mm-hmm. And it really like shows them coming together and having a good time. And I love how they all keep it a secret from Michael, too. Yeah, that's true. Nobody was like, hey, we found your script. Not even Dwight. No, and it's not because mentioned they... again until season six or seven when they actually do the movie. But they do talk about Michael Scarn again. Oh, that's true. And so that's really cool. I like that a lot. Um, oh, yeah. And then he does try to screen the movie, the first one. And I'm not sure when it is, but it's between now and season six. And um, everybody just starts laughing at it because they thought it was a comedy. Because <laughs> everything pointed to it being a comedy. Oh, yeah. He just tells them, right? Uh, no, he actually like... Actually, I think he did like a first like cut. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then everyone was laughing. So he did more edits. And then that's when Holly sees it. But anyway, we'll right, we'll right, right. we'll get to that. Don't worry. Yeah, and Jim gets to take Golden Face over from Oscar. Yeah, exactly. And that's Karen true. gets to be Catherine Zeta Jones, right? And Samuel L. Chang is not in it, so a lot of cuts happen. Yeah, you know, it's a script you have to write, do a lot of rewrites. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a committee and twelve years. He says, "Wow." <laughs> <laughs> And he's already been doing rewrites, obviously. He rewrote the name and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So what's your rating? Um, I'm going to give it Pretzel Day. Pretzel Day. That's six out of seven. Actually, no. I'm going to give it seven out of seven. Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, I do. Me too. Love this one. Absolutely, I do. It's a great episode. Yeah. I actually think it might be... Are we about to do our... Top 10, because I think it might be my number one so far. Let's do it. The Authives. Top 10 ratings updated. Updated just for you. We have three episodes since we did the last one. So we got rid of three on our top 10. That's right. So you go first. Number 10, The Alliance. I put Olympics. Number nine, Sexual Harassment. I put Alliance. Number eight. Hot Girl. Basketball. Seven. Healthcare. I put fire. The fire. Number six. The fight. Halloween. Oh, I put Halloween for five. Oh, I put the fire for five. Nice. Four, I put healthcare. Four, office Olympics. Three, I put basketball. Three, I put hot girl. Two, I put Dundies. Dundies over here. And client for number one. Yep, right now. We got the brand new episode taking the number one spot. So we're saying this Absolutely episode... Absolutely, I do. <laughs> we just criticized a lot. Not the episode. We're criticizing the characters. Because the complexities are, are coming out. We love this episode. Yes. Best one so far. Okay. Now, who's your Dundee going to? Michael. Michael. Michael and... Scott. The Dundee for best um, vulnerability. Oh, okay. Or... How how can I say that? I meant like most vulnerable. Yeah, most vulnerable. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, I'm gonna give my Dundee to Michael as well, but the Dundee I'm giving him is different. It's the closer. Okay. The closer because nice. he closed the deal with 
Lackawanna counter and nearly closed the door with Jan. Lackawanna counter and (laughs) Jan. Do you have Lackawanna counter tops in here? (laughs) What are these? This is granite or Lackawanna. I can't tell. (laughs) You know, he got the Jan, got the contract. He's living the high life. And then has a cute little look with Jim at the end. That's probably one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Although I guess... He does really get taken down a peg in that little last six-minute section. That's okay. There's more to come. More to come. TBC. Exactly. That's to be continued. I say to TBC be... to save time, so I don't have to say the <laughs> whole word. It. Yep. <laughs> All right. That's pretty good. Do we have anything else? No, we don't. You can send us an email at the off5podcast at gmail.com. Or how about you... Go to iTunes and fill out a review. That would be great. We've gotten some good ratings, but we'd love some more written reviews. Just don't say anything about mean about my voice. Yeah. And I also would like to implore you to not say anything mean about Addie's voice. <laughs> it's just t- low-hanging fruit, guys. Yeah, come on. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Find us on Instagram and Facebook, and especially Facebook, but also especially Instagram, because we're going to be giving away that that um, Office Season 1 thing very we soon. we sign it for you. After this one comes out, it will be within two weeks that we'll be doing the whole thing, which will be like a, you know, like a share this or whatever, and then we'll be mailing you a DVD. And we have a lot of exciting things coming up, like guest stars we have live podcasts that are going to be broadcasted mm-hmm. and business cards so if you know some person hit us up for one of those business cards business cards i didn't know you went to business card school yeah <laughs> what i grew up on the streets it's a hard knock life two rules i went to the school <laughs> no knock. rules home for dinner no no kicks to the ground <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening Thank you so much for listening, everyone. You made it to the end. Thank you. I want my baby back, baby, baby back, baby, baby back. back. I want my baby back. Chili's baby, baby, baby back ribs. Goodbye. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs>